Cinema. Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Par the Collector. What's up, everybody? And we have our special guest once a year. He's making his comeback again, and it is Mick Sawyer. Welcome back, Mick. Tom Sawyer's fucking cooler older brother. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> we love having you yeah, on, Yeah, I man. didn't tell you that Mark Twain is um, a part of my family tree. <laughs> <laughs> so this time, usually I ask you what you want to do on the podcast, but this time I gave you a suggestion because I'm currently doing a lesser known movies from popular directors. And I was like, this was a movie you introduced to me, so I thought it would be a perfect time to talk oh, about shit. it. And it's uh, Cape Fear by Martin Scorsese. Yes, yes. Well, because I know what we originally talked about, I, you know, and we we made so many mentions on it in previous episodes. Right. I was like, I was I was telling Nick this briefly yesterday. I was like, man, I feel like that's predictable. Like people would see that true romance. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it's I an love easy true pick. romance, but people would see it coming. What people don't know. Like, I act like everybody in the world wants to know what I'm doing and what I'm into. But anyway, like, <laughs> uh, like Cape Fear to me is just as important as a film to me as True Romance or any of my favorites. Well, like, you said something to me. You said it is your favorite Martin Scorsese movie. Yes, which I know is very unusual. But yeah. you, you are know the by only now one. I have a lot of very unusual choices. <laughs> like, you are the only person I have ever met that has said that. That they know that he directs Goodfellas too. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if they didn't know that he directed I know. Goodfellas. I've had like people be like, really? Cape Fear? Goodfellas? What? Yeah. Cape Fear. <laughs> <laughs> Just like with a straight face. Yeah. Like if it was the last copies of both of these movies and one was going to go into the furnace forever. Like, I don't know how, we, I don't know, man. Like You guys would hate my guts. <laughs> I'd be like. That would be so upsetting. Like I would never I be able to. I love you good fellas. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, that's a good, I mean, that's a bold statement. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy you stand by it. Thank you. um, Well, I want to give you the floor. Like, so tell us why you love Cape Fear so much. Yeah, man. God. Okay. So number one, um, it was really outside of the box for Martin Scorsese. Very much is. Yeah. I was was talking to you about that earlier. And Robert De Niro. Like yes, and I and the reason uh, like, I don't feel more Robert De Niro so much because he did Taxi Driver, he did Raging Bull, he, he like kind of got in the pocket of this. Okay, of I want to say I wanted to say this at some point. I'll just say it now. Yeah, yes, he could go there, but he didn't get in this bag very often. No, he didn't. Yes, and he hadn't gotten in this bag in a while. That's true. When yeah. he made this movie, there was probably that's, like a what twenty year difference, oh, at least fifteen. Yeah, man. yeah. Because yeah, I was gonna say this movie was one of the last movies where De Niro really, really like went, went for method. it. Yeah, like you know, and it was like I was gonna that's say this why, in like about a boy, <clears throat> yeah, like, or a boy's life. Sorry. Yeah, because it's like I I always thought to me I was like God, you know. See, this is why Al Pacino ended up winning for me later on down the road because ooh, you ah. know you know Pacino <laughs> ooh ah. yeah like Pacino you know would take these eccentric roles in these little out of it you know like later on in his career mm-hmm. too he would play roles that were out of his comfort zone and I, and it made me so mad because De Niro could is absolutely capable of doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But De Niro, I felt like just kind of relied on what 
you're all expecting to see out of De Niro after all these years. I it's, mean, to be uh, fair, you could say the same thing about Al Pacino. Once he like got to his, you know, eccentric Al Pacino, it was kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah. No, no, that, that's true. That's true. But the only difference is, is Pacino always made it a point to do those roles. Like, mm-hmm. he never stopped. De Niro just right. kind of stopped, yeah. you know? Like, that's the thing that's unfortunate, because it's like... I guess it depends on what you want. Like, yeah. you you want eccentric Al Pacino. I do, but I do. <laughs> Him playing Phil Spector, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like, with all those different wigs that he wore in the movie, it's amazing. Like, uh, and he played, um, what's the guy's name, uh... The doctor, they called him Dr. Death. Oh my God. Why am uh, I? Jack Kevorkian. Yeah, Jack Kevorkian. And he played him in that. And he was hilarious in that. Like, uh, but anyway, so um, the, it's Max Katie. It's probably my favorite De Niro role. Like, because also Max Katie had an influence on the Ringo character to a, to a certain extent. When I was, uh, when we were doing Rock Bottom Creek, he was like, one of my little collections of character stuff. I can see that, yeah. You know, like, and I just, I, man. And then the other thing that I, I love uh, um, about the movie is Nick Nolte. Nick, it's Nick Nolte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, it and, and frustrates like, the shit out of you me. You know, yeah, oh, God. He is like dude. one of the original badasses in my mind. Yep. 100%. And to watch him play such a puss the yeah. first hour and a half of this fucking movie, dude, it gets on my fucking nerves. I know. So bad, it's so bro. crazy. Like, but that's that's also a testament of how great of an actor he is mm-hmm. because he's It's like playing- fucking Hall and damn uh, the one we watched with Amy Adams. Oh, 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 uh, nocturnal, noctural animals. animals, nocturnal animals, just yeah, like yeah. that. That like I hated. I was like, bro, <laughs> J- I've watched Jill and Hall kick just kind of like conservative like, to himself, yeah. like very, he's very playing a character, right? No, I get it, and, but like you're playing it too well. Like, I believe you, I believe <laughs> like, you. I know that guy, but yeah, like, but you know, Nick Nolte was is as Sam Bowden, like. And I know that Martin Scorsese originally wanted Harrison Ford. I don't care. Like, I I love Harrison Ford. All due respect, but this might be another unpopular thing to say. I love Nick Nolte more than Harrison Ford. I can I, nah. I can attest to that. Yeah, no, nah. yeah, Nick know, Nolte all day. That's fucking yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> that's fucking Han Solo. I knew, I knew <laughs> Nick would disagree with that. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> but like. But, Have you, you know, seen Warrior? I love Nick Nolte. Don't get me wrong. I love Nick Nolte, bro. Have you seen 48 Hours? I love 48 Hours and another 48 Hours, bro. Oh, I, I love Nick amazing. Nolte. Um, conspiracy Theory, I love I love Nick Nolte. But I have to say Warrior is my favorite. Um, but more than Harrison Ford? The way he like yeah, took I, it there, like he was a real alcoholic. I think that that role would go in like top five Nick Nolte roles of all Agreed. time. It was so devastating. That, uh, that scene in the, um, the casino. Oh. And then when he goes up to the apartment yeah. or whatever, or whatever it's called. Are you trying the to hotel. get me choked up on the show? Right. <laughs> that, sh- that, that scene is heartbreaking. Oh yeah. my God, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Nick Nolte is one of the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. like easily. And like, and then also Jessica Lange. You don't hear me talk about her as much as I feel like as I should. Yeah. I've always been a fan of Jessica Lange. I always Years thought she was an amazing actress. Like, But I felt like she was 
not great in this. I think that scene when they're on the boat, yeah, and she's offering herself mm-hmm. to Max Katie as a sacrifice. That like I hate using this word because it sounds pretentious, but it moved me. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because you know, like she any parent would. You she know? was willing to like protect her daughter and give offer herself up and everything that she said to try to convince Max Katie, it blew me away. There's it's little things, little moments like that with actors or actresses where I'll be like, wow, that's 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 fucking incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I have to know? say, like the the second half of the movie, I felt like she did a really good job, like when they're on the boat, like you said. Yeah. But it's when she was like in the house, like doing his her graphic design or whatever. I just felt like she was so phoning it in for the first half of the movie. But you know, she's probably just playing a conservative character. You know what I think it is? I think it's just like to me, I was like, I don't know. I kind of met women like that where they're just really just, you know, they're not. I don't know. They're not. They're not lively, and yeah, I think yeah, yeah. she does that in a very convincing way. Where it's she, to show she's like bored with the marriage kind of thing. Yes, yeah, exactly. Stepford wife type that's, deal. That, that's why. Yeah, that's why I thought it was like really convincing. And then like, that makes sense. And then he's the, a big the other shot thing lawyer. is too. They make money. I hate skipping, but we were talking about the boat scene, and I always laugh at the scene between him and Juliet Lewis. Like when he was like, "I memorized that book for you." He's like, "Did you?" Did you? You know, and like just how condescending De Niro is yeah. in that part. And like, what, God, like, I have we'll a, get uh, to that, but like, he's yeah. so good. Like, it's my favorite De Niro role. It's always <laughs> going to be my favorite De Niro role. Like, it's just like he says so many like great things in that movie. There's a, uh, since we're talking <laughs> about characters or actors and stuff, I'm not the biggest Juliette Lewis fan. I don't know why. I'm not either. She She's just so happens to be in a lot of movies I really like. Right. You know, but I, I just... I'm just not a bit... I like... I think she's fine as an actress, but it's just... She's... There's something about her that just doesn't connect with me. No, same here. Like, I'm... It's interesting that you said that, because it's something that I've always thought. Yeah. I've just never said it out loud. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, I was just kind of like... Yeah, I mean, she's not bad, you know. Right. I mean, she could be a lot worse. She could be Kristen Stewart, you know. <laughs> yeah, at least she's trying. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I love Bring It On. She, 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 what she are you talking is, about? I, Bring It On? Oh, Kristen Dunst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting Kristen's mixed up. Yeah. That's Twilight Girl, right? That's yeah, twice, yeah, yeah. Nick. Yeah, I like That's her. Twice, like, I do love Bring It On, too, though, so. Yeah, it's good. There's movie. no knock for that. Gabrielle oh, yeah, Union's yeah. smoking been hot in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> seen it three times in theaters I saw it once in the theater <laughs> we were probably together on one of those probably <laughs> more than likely thought about joining the squad <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Let me stop. you know but like <sighs> you, none of you know that neither none of us know that like you know we're going there to see the movie or whatever and we don't want people to think that like we're just a I was here with somebody. <laughs> no, no, no. no. So check back, out Dade wanted to see it. I've yeah. been I've been wanting to check it out. So when Bring It On came mm-hmm. out in theaters, there was nothing else that really looked interesting. Yeah. That's why me and my friends went to see Bring It On because there was nothing else that really but we just wanted to go to the movies, you I know. I remember it was me and my ex brother in law and two other friends, and I remember thinking, Why are we seeing these? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that was 
Because I went with uh, our metalhead friends. Yeah. We all got into a group and we all went to fucking see Bring It On for some reason. It didn't make any sense at all. That's why I found my love for Elijah Dushku. my experience. And then I asked, and it was kind of like the typical, like, hormonal, you know, answer. Like, well, there's hot girls in it. And I remember thinking, it's because there's hot girls in it. They're bringing it. Fucking good. (laughs) They're bringing it. They're bringing it all over the fucking place, dude. And then I forgot. I'm like, oh, wait. You know, when we were younger, you know, we had to make sure that we had material, you know, like that we could bring home with us in our minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have it at our fingertips. It's a great story, man. They stole those poor girls' routine. Why the fuck are we talking about bringing on? (laughs) I know. Because I made one false fucking move when you said Kirsten Stewart. I thought Kirsten does. That's why. That's all it takes. That was all it took, dude. Another another <coughs> another scene between Robert De Niro and uh, Juliette Lewis is when he gets her down in the theater room. Yes. I, I was just about I, to say, that is that, the creepiest fucking scene really I've ever seen Robert is. De Niro do. Yeah. You beat me to the punch because I was, that was literally. That's the like, one that stood out for me that made me uncomfortable. Like I yeah. wanted to turn it off. Yeah. Because this girl is supposed to be what all of sixteen years old, so. and he's yeah. sticking his thumb all up in her mouth, yeah. and she's sucking on it like, Mm-mm, this is not for me. I, I will say this: I, got a daughter, I always you laugh Why? when Nick Nolte goes, "Did he touch you? God damn it, did he touch you? You know, like, I damn, that's always... good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That's good, Nolte, right there. I felt like he was here for a minute. That's because his voice is uh is healing, so he, can, he's able I to can tap still into that. Do it when it's not like this, yeah. but say that's not my son. You gotta have that throat <laughs> cancer to get the good Nick Nolte. <laughs> you gotta have that shit resting on your cords. Right. Oh, Jesus, Lee, I can't remember that. <laughs> that's fucking gold. <laughs> So anyway, so Robert De Niro is following this. He gets out of jail. Like we didn't talk about the opening scene where he's doing dips. He's covered in these religious tattoos. He has all these. He gave me a couple ideas for my next ones. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Truth. Oh, dude, the scales were dope. Like scales were dope. They were. They really were. He has a Nietzsche, you know, philosopher book. He has all these great, you know, people, photographs. You know. Yeah, I had like Stalin on yeah, his yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was interesting because there's this um, this line. channel called The Vile Eye that I watched, mm-hmm. and they had every episode's called Analyzing Evil, and they did one. Oh, on Max I Katie. watched that too. Oh, did oh yeah. nice. And I watched the one on Max Katie, right? And it was talking about how he goes from quoting Nietzsche to the Bible, and all of these ideas conflict with each other. And he talks about being, you know, a Christian or a good Christian or whatever. And I guess they said that it's kind of implied that he came from an evangelical, uh, evangelistic like background. Well, the way whatever. he talks too. Yeah, it was like granddaddy. It's used real to Southern Baptist church. You know, uh, like, fun fact: he actually scared <clears throat> Martin Scorsese with that accent. Like Martin yeah, Scorsese was uncomfortable. Mails. It's a great yeah. line when he's going out of the prison. He's like, "What about your books? Already, Already read them." Read them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oof," because uh, that's when you that for me that's when I was like, "All right, De Niro is truly a fucking talent." Because yeah. like he he makes you believe like he grew up in fucking Georgia his whole oh my life. God, like, yeah, like that's and that's what I mean. Like I think that's like the brilliance of of that performance. Like. I, I was reading up on stuff too, and this is stuff I didn't even know. And I've I've grown up with this movie, but I was well, like, wow, he 
You know how he got the accent? He said he recorded other people's voices. Yeah, he would take his scripts to people that had a strong accent and yeah. re- record them saying those lines. And he did. Oh, my God. That's smart. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, truly a craftsman. He, he really was. This is like, why he I, was the goat. Yeah. He he's really still alive. Was. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, well, he's not uh, his acting career is dead. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, I it's taken disagree. some hits. I will say that. But <laughs> I, I thought the Irishman was good. Yeah, but yeah, the Irishman was good, but it's it's a, you know, but to be fair, I feel like Joe Pesci and Pacino kind of stole the, that movie in a way because like, you know, I didn't think it was fair because they tried to make De Niro have to do action in that movie. The old yeah, when he was kicking like, he's that guy, the only one that had to actually fucking like Pesci got to come in with blood on him. <laughs> yeah. My boy De Niro had to stomp a dude out in the street. Yeah, but like, Joe Pesci hasn't acted in like 30 years, so. It's not even that. They're the same yeah, fucking it's... age. Like, they're both 80, <laughs> 90 years fucking old. Like, they don't, you know, uh, they told, I saw a thing with uh, Scorsese. He was talking about, like, hey, you need to talk to Al. He sits down too fucking slow. Like, you know, old man. He needs to act like he's like 20 years younger than that. Yeah. And he's like, who the fuck wants to tell him? Like, hey, dude, you're, you're looking too old. Yeah. We put this de-aging shit on you and you still look too old. Right. But after like, besides the Irishman, like what else has Robert De Niro done in recent years that's memorable? Well, I mean, that's only came out with Irishman was what, 19, 20? I'm just saying like it's, he yeah, hasn't it's done something it's in a 20. while. I mean, he is yeah. like in his 80s. I yeah. mean, he, he has a right to slow down. Like, <laughs> he's done like 200 fucking movies, bro. Like, he's good. Like, it's, it, if he I does mean, something else, that would be awesome. I, I, I gotta be honest, though. Greg made a really good point, though. Like, when he said, like, what has he done since The Irishman? And I, I sat there and I really thought about it. I'm like, ooh. Well, even before The Irishman, like, there was a hot minute since he did something really well. He did well, that he one with Zach Efron. string of, like... I remember oh, he did that, that movie. That one movie. Um, it was supposed to be like a horror movie. I think it had Greg Kinnear in it too. Mm. Um, and I hated it. Like, oh, I absolutely really? hated it. I was just like, why? Like, it was during that time when they were doing those PG 13 horror films. Right. And it was, you know, it's like, hey, let's. Have you let's seen the one with him and Travolta? That's what it was called. Uh, yeah. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you knew it was like, oh, get ready, guys. De Niro's career is about to take a nosedive. <laughs> I love the family. I see. I didn't like that one that much. I love that I still movie. haven't watched that. I know Luke Besson directed it. Yeah, you're not missing much. But Tommy Bassan. Lee Jones is in it, though. Is he in it? Who? Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. Yeah. He's his handler. <sighs> right. That's the only thing I that love kind of makes me want to see. I love see, and it's it's funny the double standards that we live because we talk about certain actors not really stepping it up, but it's like I love Tommy Lee Jones playing Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, like yeah. he's just so good at it, man. He's That's great at playing a fucking some somebody in the law. Yeah. Like whether it's oh, a marshal, yeah. Yeah. a fucking FBI, he's like he's got that CIA, like whoever. Sam Elliott Men in black. Fuck. It doesn't matter. Oh, what is it? No Country for Old Men. Yes. Right. That's his best. Oh, like, oh he's good in that. He's real good in that. I think my favorite I love him in the fugitive. Tommy Lee Jones role would probably be Sam Gerard in the fugitive. Yeah. The the US That's Marshal. He, he's so great. I didn't kill that. my wife. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> right off into the waterfall, babe. I love the scene where they they do a bust and this girl just keeps screaming and he walks up and he goes, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, Robert De Niro is when he gets out of jail, he's like stalking this family. Yeah. And you don't, oh. you don't really know why. And yeah. They, the first scene, it shows up him in the movie theater smoking a cigar right that in front of the TV. It's one of the family. most funniest, obnoxious. I know that scene is meant to like try to make you uncomfortable. I was laughing the entire time. I was like, <laughs> that is so ridiculous that he's going to go that far to be uncomfortable. He's like lighting up a cigar. There's fucking smoke, like all like creeping back on the family and mm-hmm. shit. And like, He's just at like, the top he's of his even, lungs. Like, and he's laughing about scenes that are not even funny. Right, yet. right, the right. The punchline hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking hilarious because he's just going out of his way to be obnoxious. And he's just looking around and he's still laughing. Yeah. Like, that's such a, oh, that's like one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, it makes you feel like uh, Nick Nolte just really was playing it. Playing a, playing a softie in that one. You know, he kind of had like that Straw Dogs vibe, you know, like when you think about Dustin Hoffman and he played like a pacifist and then like when things start getting extreme, then he has to start getting more violent and right. has this more sense of urgency. I feel like that's kind of what Nick Nolte did in that movie. He was like this kind of pacifist you know and then like as time goes on he starts getting a little bit more nick nolte like but the great thing is though how terrible were those guys they hired to beat the shit out of him they were horrible. i'd have told old boy i want my thousand dollars stunt guy <laughs> <laughs> like i want i want a thousand i want my thousand back no that just shows how tough he was that how much was of a badass so about yeah. that that those are three out of shape my. motherfuckers they got to attack him <laughs> They had fucking steel pipes. Chains. And he, one had a bike chain. The first one split his chest open, yeah. bro. How does the next one not go to his temple? <laughs> He's like not unconscious on the yeah. ground. Yeah, like that is my favorite scene. Yeah. It's it's just because like. He puts his little hat I back on. I still quote it to this day. <laughs> like when he goes, I ain't no white trash piece of shit. I'm better than you all. And he's like, and then like, Fucking kicks him. Yeah, and then he goes, he goes, uh, I'll thank you, I'll outlive you, and I'll out philosophize you. <laughs> You're killing it with the impressions of today, bro. Right, that was spot on too. And then when he goes, and then my favorite though is when Nick Nolte tries to escape, and he hears and he goes, Counselor, could you be there? Could you be there? Oh, fuck God. it. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. It don't matter. What's the fucking difference anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Drops the fucking thing. Yeah, dude. So the whole reason he is stalking this family is because uh, Nick Nolte Nick, was his defense public yeah. defender, right? Yeah. Before he was big time lawyer. But he buried some evidence on the girl because uh, Robert De Niro's character raped and. Yeah, he raped. Uh, he raped. He Beater. was bragging about another girl that he raped before yeah. the girl that actually got raped. And right, actually, like, and and yeah, he buried the evidence. And to Robert De Niro, or I should say, Max Cady, mm. is a mortal sin because yeah. you're supposed to be his his lawyer, so you're supposed to defend him to the bitter end. And right. Nick Dolte didn't do that because he grew a conscience, and, and he had a daughter. Yeah, and he was exactly. like, "Fuck that!" Like, and I always love that that scene, like. 
not to jump, but it's just it's relevant to what we're talking about. When he was like, just because she was promiscuous, didn't give you the right to rape her. You know, yeah, and that's what I was. That's what I was thinking throughout this whole movie. Once I found out what this all was about, I was like. Okay, so she was promiscuous. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't yeah. mean you get to do these things. But the thing is, he would have had less years. Well, that's what he yeah. said. And Nick Nolte said right before they started attacking each other was, he said, you had got off on two before this. He goes, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to let it happen again. And yeah. So he got 14 years. Yep. You know, he goes, you're lucky I did that. He goes, if I hadn't made you plead out, you would have got life, which is what you, fu-. he's like, you're a fucking menace. You should have been. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. what sets De Niro off, and then that's when he lights up the cigar, and she lights his ass up. But mm-hmm. oh, it's so great! It's so great. Like I love. Oh man, it's 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 just always going to be one of my favorite villains because like he's so good at just being slimy and scummy. He right. just does. I was just about to say he looks oily as fuck. He does. In this movie, <laughs> and, and also, I wanted like to you could just strike a match off too. of him. I was thinking. He totally could have been Wolverine if they made X Men then. Fucking a, dude. Uh, like, yeah, I could. I could definitely see that. When you watch the fucking Snake Plissken, scene, bro, it's like, dude. That's I don't know about Wolverine. No, I don't know. <laughs> the hair definitely Easter promises, bro. Everything. Yeah. He even has that like gruff look. You yeah. Know? Like I just give him the chops, Wolverine. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> It's crazy to see this and then think back on movies like The Fan. Like I mentioned to you about The Fan the other day. I I know, I know. I do too. That's one of my uh, favorite Tony Scott films. He he digs in his bag crazy for that, but it's like a whole new take on it. It's cool because it's like, it's one of those things where it's De Niro, but he does... He does pull a little deeper. He 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 does do a good job at doing like the nine layers of hell, like different yes. versions of crazy. Yeah. Because you think about Taxi Driver, it was a different crazy from Cape Fear, which is yep. a different crazy from The Fan. Like, the, yeah, the, the the that he's not going to the same place every time, really which is, is brilliant. Really, it's weird that you said nine layers of hell because he read a book called The Nine Circles of Hell. Oh, yeah. And Cape Fear. And really? that's what he was telling Nick Nolte in the boat that you're, like, you're I'm in here the ninth. to lead you through the nine circles of hell. Like I Oh, this through. is definitely the ninth for Robert De Niro, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to think yeah, of a man for like sure. about his career. Yeah, he's going through the nine <laughs> circles of hell right now for sure. <laughs> no, nah, I was trying to think if there's a movie that I'd seen that he played a more unhinged character mm-hmm. uh, and taxi driver is a, probably a close yeah, second i would say taxi driver fan third but fan. this is uh-huh. this has got to be number one for yeah. me man yeah because i i can't really think of and that's saying something because he's played murderers and shit and gangsters and everything else but to say that these three roles you know I just set I, apart I, I that would much put them is defining roles for me like in De Niro's like list, if for you, sure. If yeah. you were to ask me, like, what's your top five favorite De Niro roles? Those three would definitely be in there. Like, yeah, I'd have to agree. You know, like, um, and and like, you know, but yeah, like, and and that was the thing, like, um, when he's in the boat, like, I love when he comes back after he gets fucking set on fire. Well, before he gets set on fire, uh-huh. what's fucking hilarious is when. Yeah, Juliet Lewis throws that pan of hot water on him. He don't even goes, fucking phase by goes, it. You oh, trying yeah. to offer me something hot? And then he uh, he lights the 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 flare, and it's it's melting. Yeah, he, it's, it's melting on, on his, his hand. Yeah, and it's just showing how he his pain tolerance is so high. Yeah, 
He's like, granddaddy used to put strychnine or something, something about No, his uh, grandmother used to drink strychnine. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Built up a natural immunity to I it. felt like all of our grandmothers did. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> People yeah, were just tougher evil, back then. They said that there is like a, 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 like a nugget of truth in that mm-hmm. about strychnine, about people from that period, like... They all have my, a little strychnine in them. It like, may not be strychnine, but goddamn if it's not close in my mind. Yeah. My grandmother used to get beer, leave it out so it would get warm before yeah. she would drink it. Oh, because they came up in the Depression, bro. Where but that's how she fridges. liked it. Yeah. She likes her beer warm. She came from the struggle, bro. Uh, right. Fuck, those old people go hard they as fuck. I'd say this I all the time, like, bro. Like they don't make soda room temperature, but fuck. They don't make motherfuckers <laughs> like that they no don't. more. <laughs> when I do drink soda, of course. But um, One thing that I want to... We're talking a lot on Robert De Niro, but this is a Martin Scorsese movie, and yeah. it is well outside of his wheelhouse. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to touch on Some that. Hugo shit. This is... Uh, what? Mm-hmm. I love Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, but that's outside the wheelhouse like a motherfucker. I guess. But this one's more so. This one's silence. It's just no fuck Shutter Island makes no fucking sense why you did this movie, bro. (laughs) Well, that's the good thing about Martin Scorsese. He's always trying to challenge himself. But I feel like this is definitely like I think this was a hit on more than some of those other titles I just gave. I feel like Scorsese is the John Carpenter of like gangster and crime drama films because, you know, like John Carpenter, when he did Starman. You're like, wow, this doesn't even feel like a John Carpenter movie when you watch it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, and you still are kind of like surprised to this day because like Jeff Bridges is a star and it's like, that doesn't even seem like somebody John Carpenter would cast in his right. movies, you know, like, and that's how I feel about Martin Scorsese. I think they're, I think you could parallel John Carpenter and Martin Scorsese to a certain extent. You're the only one doing that. <laughs> Probably. But, well, no, no. He, there's actually, except the only difference is John Carpenter only got out of his comfort zone like once. Well, I felt like John Carpenter is a very like niche director. Like yeah. only hardcore people that are into film like John Carpenter. Yeah, it's always I love to go to Mars. Sci fi and action, you know, well, some action. It's mostly horror. But, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, but that's what it kind of reminded me of because when you watch Cape Fear, you're like, there, there's no way this is a Scorsese film. Right, I didn't even realize it was a Scorsese film. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and I, I think that's another reason why it made it like my favorite, because I was like, wow, this is... But you love the campy horror, like, and that's what this really is. Like, whenever he bit that girl, that, pro- not prostitute, it was just the girl that oh, was girl into that Nick Nolte. Yeah, yeah. He bit her clerk. face, my wife threw up her hands, and she's like, I don't know what I'm watching anymore. This makes no sense. And it's well, just that level of campiness. See, to me though, crazy. I, I yeah. you know, I know this might come as a shock. I did not get that feeling from it at all. I was like, whoa. He just bit a chunk out of this. I couldn't face. when he did that to her, I'm like, there's no way he's leaving her alive. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. Exactly. I was just that's, like, that's, wow. That's what I thought. And like, then I also yeah, thought, you- like, and the other thing is, this is something that I think is important. Robert De Niro got that from all these predator cases that mm-hmm. he was reading. And he said one of the attackers bit his victims. And that's why he included it in there. So it's like it adds a level of like unpredictability to his animalistic instincts. And it's like, holy shit. 
Like, it's already bad enough he's beating the shit out of her and he's going to rape her. And he's going to fucking bite a chunk out of her face. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Right. You know? Well, there's just a lot of, like, the way he uses the camera. It's very, like, there's Alfred Hitchcockian. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, camera shots in here. And absolutely. It just, it just felt very campy, which is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. It's not a knock on the movie. It's a style. And yeah. he, he nails it, honestly. It, he really does. Like, He's like, oh, I'm going to try this new thing. Oh, and I'm going to kill it all as well. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a yeah, testament like he, to him. He did, he did such an amazing job. Like, and, and, and the other thing is, too... Um, that it, it did feel Hitchcockian because, like, even the characters, they're this kind of normal, run-of-the-mill, kind of, like, outside of Max Cady, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of, like, American, all-American, like, kind of characters, but just normal, conservative. Uh, that's why I thought Juliette Lewis was so good in this, because she did, like, for that and, time period. And, and that's what I mean. They, like, like when the you average watch, teenage girl. Agreed. But she killed that. Stupid. When you watch Hitchcock films, choke her with a cord- cordless phone type thing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 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 That's when what you, my wife said. She's like, "Why is this girl so fucking stupid?" I was like, "Girls you can't around tell this, this age kind of so are. fucking creepy." Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I got and, so and, and, uncomfortable and the, watching that scene. Like even my wife, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And I was uh, like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "I just want the scene to end." Yeah. yeah. Like, I just like like you said, I almost wanted to turn it off, but I knew it, it wasn't. You know. Yeah. It's just yeah. like all right, we get it. It's it. it's it's also kind of like Hitchcockian because the characters are almost like characters from a Hitchcock film. Yeah, yeah, and, and, just and, average people. Yeah, average people. Exactly. That was the word I was looking for. Average. Like, yeah, that's a hard ab- word to search for. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's supposed to be the obvious one, and I couldn't yeah. think of it. But like, uh, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, and like that. That's I think that's another big part of its charm. And the other thing that I love is the little homage to the 62 version of Cape Fear Mm -hmm. by bringing Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck. Right. And having them work on opposite sides of the law, too, which I also thought was a really subtle touch because Gregory Peck played Sam Bowden in -hmm. the original and Robert Mitchum played Max Cady in the original. And they flip-flopped. And I guess apparently... Um, Robert Mitchum and uh, Gregory Peck didn't get along on set like they did not like each other when they were doing the movie and um, so they had they made sure that they had no scenes together and like what I thought was cool is they're making Robert Mitchum a cop and they're making Gregory Peck a lawyer representing Max Cady it's Mm -hmm. like I want to like Pat Scorsese on the back for like that is fucking brilliant, yeah. man. Like, what a great way to to pay homage to the two original leads in the movie, but have them on the opposite sides of the spectrum. I think that's like some of the best cameo work I've ever seen. Agreed. Another interesting thing that I had to bring up was, you know, we all stole from Columbia House at one point in time in our life, like where you would see those ads for the VHSs that were like like no I don't call it stealing I call it them never asking for their money so I never gave it to them fair enough yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay okay so but yeah we Columbia all ordered House, for those the people House. that did not ask for their money for clarification <laughs> uh, like when I got my <clears throat> the irony about that was I didn't pick this my mom did but when uh, we picked all the eight movies that we picked 
two of them were Gregory Peck. Mm-hmm. One was the Cape Fear remake, and the other one was To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody talks about that's like a classic for Gregory Peck. I think that was like one of Robert Duvall's like first movies. But I'm like, well, wow, that's interesting. Like, that's kind of cool to be able to say that my first set of movies ever that I get both have Gregory Peck in them. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I just thought that was an interesting anecdote, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, um, I, I also loved, um, Joe Don Baker mm-hmm. as Kursik in the movie. Cause yeah, he was good. He's, he's such a like practicality kind of guy. Right. And he does it really well. He was like, you know, he's trying to teach him how to shoot a gun and stuff like that. And he was like, just, you know, when you get the trigger, you just squeeze. That's all you got to do. He's like, don't hesitate, just squeeze. But it's just so funny because, like, you see how frantic Nick Nolte's character is. He's like, so what do I hold the gun like this? Like, what? (laughs) 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 And he does it so well. And that's what I love because, like, he's so good at playing like this. Oh shit, you know, like this guy has got me all shaken up and he's going to everybody he can to try to like neutralize the problem. And it's just it it's probably one of my favorite Nick Nolte roles too, because he plays he's really good at like doing the descent into madness or just going into this complete frantic territory. He's like, yeah, because at the the beginning of the movie, you feel like he has his shit together. He feels like he has a uh, uh, one up on this guy. Oh yeah. But then he slowly realizes. I was just like, about to say, they play big on the stereotypes of like, just because you're an ex con, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, oh, he's just a dumb criminal. He's going to get slip up. Like, yeah, like that might be what statistics say, but you know, yeah, he's surprised at the shit out that of that man uh, used his 14 Nolte. years to go fucking all the way in like, he read law books so i said That's he's terrifying. like he almost became a lawyer's damn self yeah mm-hmm. yeah he, he he read law books and he understood them yeah. which is even more terrifying like it's like if you want to find a way to arm yourself to like the fullest extent that's a way to do it. And like, I was just about to say, whoever wrote law abiding citizen, you can definitely tell they have a love for this movie because it's oh my God. It, I never thought about that. It's yeah, almost the true. same movie, but like you root for Robert De Niro's character in that one. Yeah. Because, because we can all see a father. Gerard Butler is actually wife kind of like and, if, if Max Katie was kind of a good guy, exactly. that's kind of what Gerard Butler. Well, was. I think that's what the movie was trying to do. And they just <laughs> didn't have a strong evidence. Like, well, even that they were proving that it wasn't really, he might have, he started off with good intention. Like when he killed the two guys that murdered his family, we right. were all supportive of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when he started off in the judge, and the lawyers and the and the fucking lead detective on this, and then he just decides he's gonna blow up fucking Congress, you know, yeah. the Senate. <laughs> it's like you're losing your, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. you're lost your your scope of what you were trying to fight for, you know? Like, right? You're like, okay, you avenged your family. Now go do extreme. your fucking time. But like he just kept going with it. Well, I felt like Cape Fear wanted to do that, but they had two extremes. They had like you raped and beat this girl, which is like. There's, there's there's no a, redeeming yeah, quality to exactly. that. Yeah. But and then also the girl was promiscuous, which is a really weak argument 
So yeah. if you could like level those out a bit and make them a little more, you know, go against each other, I think it would have worked out better. But I don't think that's what this movie was trying to do. It was no. just trying to paint him as completely no, no, crazy. No, I think I think they wanted you to hate Max Cady. Yeah. They, they yeah. wanted you to hate him. And, you and should. they wanted you to be <laughs> terrified. Oh, yeah. You yeah, I'd be terrified of him. Like the fact that there's people out there that are exactly like that guy. Yeah. Like that's what keeps me up at night. And that's I, why De Niro did such a good job because it's believable. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I call yeah. them articulate monsters, which is a future burial song, by the way. But like like uh uh but but like that's what he is. Like, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's a perfect like apt name for him. He's an that articulate is, those monster. are the scariest ones, are just really intelligent <laughs> monsters. Yeah. I mean that's what we deal with every day with uh Yeah. <laughs> the corrupt politicians and that's why they're the, the yeah don't even get me started yeah. oh i will not let's <laughs> bury that real quick yeah 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 because <clears throat> i can go all day but anyway like uh what were you gonna say Nick? well i know how much you hate Topher grace and predators mm-hmm. but that line he has before he tries to kill the the colombian chick is he's like you know, I go around people every day and they don't know that I'm the, I'm the biggest monster there is or whatever he says. But like, it's the truth. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's the ones you don't always see. It's uh, like, hiding in plain sight. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like, and, and that's actually, I think that's kind of like the thing that was kind of cool about Predators, not to go off, but like, you know, it's like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? And then you find out like, oh, He's basically a serial killer. Yeah. You know, like, that's I just wish it would have been somebody else besides Topher Grace. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, you made that known. Yeah. But uh yeah. No, I still love that movie just because I love the whole premise of it. Like that's where you want the Predator series to go for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not enjoy the twenty eighteen one. I've been on record saying this multiple I, times, and I like Shane Black. Yeah. I fuck with Shane Black a lot, but me too. He fucked that one up. I, I didn't watch it. I'm uh, on the You're minority lucky. on that one too. I you like enjoyed it. it. It was just a fun movie. I don't know. Like I, it's like I said before, because I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. I have a very different level of expectations for Predator movies. It's just like I think it was all because of Predator Two, and I just go in there. I'm like, I just want to. I just want a good Predator movie. Yeah, you know, I don't want anything that's preachy. Just simple. I think people forget what Predator is. It's just a fucking, it's yeah. a tough guy horror sci-fi. Yeah, I, I'd say, yeah, more sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. like, well, I mean, there's it's a little bit of all aspects to Well, that that's character. what made it so great. It's a little bit of everything yeah. in there. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I think that's like, that's why I like 2 so much. That's why I like Predators so much. Because it was just like, I felt like almost you could almost go anywhere with mm-hmm. that character and it, it could be a good ride you know well i enjoyed the first alien vs predator rick william kind <laughs> yeah, of it's just, got off the rails kind of a little bit but the first me. one was different and that's why i think i enjoy predators so much is because it was just i agree with different. you predators. it was different avp it was fun it was fun admit the, it the first one come on now she was a fucking <laughs> i gangster. want to agree okay i do i just can't they like, killed like how I, many of those things together I'll never forget like when I, I remember my mom's boyfriend calls me and he's like, hey, listen, we're going to go see AVP. And I'm like, what the fuck is AVP? And he was like, aliens versus predator. Now, granted, I had no idea that this was out. I didn't even know. There was no advertising, Which is surprising, nothing. Yeah. I was like, and I thought to him, I was like, 
you're a fucking liar. That's that's a comic book. We're going to go watch a comic book. And, you know, he's like, no, no, they made it into a live action movie. I'm like, are you are you fucking serious? Like, you're not lying to me. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm on my way. You know, right. so I'm like, I was so everyone's excited. excited. Yeah, I was so, so excited because I had no idea. No clue. I go in there and, and I you see had it. so much fun. And, and like, I wish that was, I wish that was the moral of the story, Greg, but it wasn't. I wish like, I could have seen your grumpy face. You always get grumpy, Mick, whenever you don't like something. Yeah, it's like, this is even, this is even, this is bullshit. This isn't even, that canon. wouldn't happen. Predator wouldn't do that. <laughs> and of course, the only thing I got excited about was Lance Hendrickson. I was like, that's a nice touch. Yeah. Charles Whalen Bishop. That's a nice touch. Like that was cool. Got but three like, days. other than that, I hated it. Yeah. I, I you know what almost... also is a nice touch is at the end of this movie, Cape Fear. <laughs> <laughs> is uh at the end of the movie, whenever they finally, you know, shackle him to the boat and then the boat is sinking. Yeah. And oh, you he do, he's singing, singing the hymns. hymns. Yeah. But the thing is, is like he gets pulled under and the wife was like that was it because then the credits roll and the wife was like so did he die i'm like well you saw him die she's like we did not see him die we saw him go underwater and so apparently online there's like this vague thing of uh he didn't really die because you didn't see him die yeah so everyone thinks like max case it's one of those open for interpretation kind of things like like I mean, I could see that. Like, I never thought about. I don't know why. I never thought about. He's like speaking deep. in tongues and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. It even <laughs> says. It even says speaking in tongues on the. Uh, I don't the watch captions. subtitles. I don't watch yeah. fucking subtitles. <laughs> Unless it's in another language I that too. I don't speak. <laughs> God, my fucking sister it's does true, that shit though, because, like, like, um, like in that whole scene, though, I always laugh when they're beating each other with the rocks. Like oh right I I I busted out laughing I when he too. threw that rock. There'd be some too. teeth like, missing. You already sacrificed my counselor. Killing it, dude. And then when like Nick Dolce's like he picks up that big, big rock and like, it misses him. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. It's campy, like it's it, it fun. Is a little like, campy. I mean, and and it's cool because you get to see Nick Nolte go him and De Niro. Go yeah, yeah, yeah. Ham, and it's so good. Why isn't this movie Full talked method. about more? I don't know. Like, like I don't, it is I, a Martin Scorsese movie. Because it is people, Robert De Niro, and it is um fucking Nick Nolte. Like, I'll tell you exactly yeah. why, Greg. Why? It's the same reason why people don't even know Taxi Driver is a great movie, and and the fan, and all that. Nobody wants to remember their legends like this. Nobody wants to remember their roles. Like while they appreciate them, may even love them. They're not going to go back to him all the time and be like, oh, yeah, let's just go watch De Niro play the worst possible human being for two hours. Taxi Driver is still one of my favorite movies of all time. I know, yeah. but like, be honest with me, though. When's the last time you watched it? I watched it when I seen Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so like three years ago. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you I just- do go back and watch it every other year. Yeah. I love that movie. No, no, I but I have those movies too. That's like seven. No, I watch I watch seven like once a year. Yeah, because really? it's a disturbing fucking movie. It's so <laughs> like, good. And I was talking, to, I was amazing. talking to Nick about that. I was like, seven is one of those movies. Like, even though it's a twist <laughs> ending, it still holds up. Like, you can still go back and yeah. watch it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's not even that the movie. It's it's not like one of those movies where it's bad or anything. It's one of those few movies. It's like, God damn, this movie is dark. 
mm-hmm. and I mean dark. Yeah, like, like you, you know, can't like, see e- shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you What's know, the like box, uh, <laughs> the box, <laughs> like, um, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, theatrically, it's dark too, but yeah. like, I mean, uh, yeah, dark subject content, matter, yeah. like the content, it's yeah. like that. I, I, it's just like every time I watch it and I see that scene with the uh, the lust one, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know what's crazy though? Gluttony is the one that still bothers me the most. I was gonna say, I was about to say that gluttony bothers me the most because yeah. I feel I think some of us just Somebody feel that, that character. <laughs> yeah. Like if we just let ourselves go, we would become gluttonous. And like that. also it's like it Can't ruined feed you. fat feed noodle spaghetti you. for me. I'll <laughs> never eat uh, like it's angel hair. Because like I was <laughs> <laughs> I think about that scene when he's keeled over yeah. and the spaghetti and I'm like, oh God, those noodles are overcooked too. This is fucking even worse. It's already bad enough that it's a big like 300, 400 pound guy. No, he's like five, like six hundred pounds. Yeah, somewhere. I was about to say I'm three and I'm not yeah, that big. And, and like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Like five, <laughs> six hundred pounds yeah. and like bugs all over the place. Oh god. God, like it's just everything about that. Yeah, all of uh, all of the sins, like all of them, are very graphic, very mm-hmm. disturbing, and they don't show you them. That's what's the craziest thing. You don't have to see them, and it's just as effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would not want to see a movie where it's like, "Hey, we're going to show you it happen." This don't movie fucked you. me up when I first saw it because I mean, I was on the younger side. Yeah, that's probably one of the first. I was too. I mean, I don't even know what would you call it a horror movie? Yeah, or it's, horror. It? it's okay. a horror yeah, thriller. They try it's a horror to thriller, say that right. it's not. It is. No, it's, it's got the tone. They scared for the fuck it. out of me. I was about to say, yeah. dude. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those movies where it's just like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah. I happened. mean, it was in. It had a spread in Fangoria magazine. It's a fucking horror film, yeah. you know. Like that. If you're in Fangoria, mm-hmm. sorry. Morgan you know, Freeman like, is just fucking. He is really fantastic great. In that oh God! Movie. Like Kevin Spacey. Everyone, everyone's yeah, on their e- game. Everybody's so good in that movie. I wanted like, to be like you, <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, um, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that I definitely think that Seven. I think Cape Fear even influenced stuff like that later on down the road. But it's like, yeah, I, I feel like Cape Fear has some influences <laughs> on some movies. That you know you wouldn't think about. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. law-abiding citizen like that just hit me today. Yeah, I didn't I was, even that's think about that. Good, that's mm-hmm. a really good comparison though, because I I never thought about. Because I was like, either. whoever wrote that movie fucking loved this movie. Yeah, because they v took for a, Vendetta. It took a good chunk of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, I, I I mean that's the thing though, like Cape Fear. I mean, I would even go far enough. Like I've even even thought about it. Like of ordering the theatrical poster because I mm-hmm. want to put it in my podcast room because it's just, it's such a great, movie. it's an iconic poster too. It really, it, it's one of the best. That's what the DVD cover, cover is. Art. Yep. It's, it's one of the best cover yep. arts I've ever seen. And yeah. I have to agree know, with menacing that. De Niro's fucking eyes are in that scene. Like, looks like the big bad wolf. Yeah. Right, you know, <clears throat> such a, Oh God, it's always going to be, I'm so glad they swapped. I'm so glad that like Yeah, we didn't touch on that. So yeah. we said it before we hit record on the podcast. But actually, uh Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct this. Yep. And Martin Scorsese was supposed to do Schindler's List. But Martin Scorsese was worried about the backlash because of the movies he did previous. Yep. So they switched scripts. It makes sense. I think it, I think it was I one still of the feel most... like Scorsese would have killed Schindler's List though. It would have been so good. 
You know? It would have, but I'm glad. But I it don't didn't think Spielberg would have been good at this. No, I don't. <laughs> it would have. Like his movies up until that point, I just don't feel like would have been. I don't think it would have been good either. It no. would have been too polished. It would have been too polished, and I feel like like Steven Spielberg would have added that like sense of wonder to it. Like, and it's like this movie has no business having that in it, and he does that though. Like everything, even as dark as War of the Worlds could be to a certain extent. There's still that like sense of hope and kind of wonder in his movies. And it's just like, I feel like it would be too Spielberg-y. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't want that. Not for a movie like Cape Fear. Mm -hmm. Now, if you even like, even Jaws, there's that, there's moments like that, you mm -hmm. know, like it's, and I love Jaws. Probably my favorite Spielberg film. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Minority Report, like, yeah, I love that movie, but I feel it's one of the only Tom Cruise movies I still enjoy. Right, but I kind of wish it was done by somebody else. Like yeah. it has those dark elements, oh, but yeah. it's so like polished and. I was gonna say that popcorn movied up. There's a, there's probably yeah. like out of his darker movies, the Minority Report is probably up. <laughs> yeah, I really I'm not a huge Spielberg yeah. fan, but Minority Report is one that I really enjoy. I mean, that's kind of like how I feel about. Uh, Terminator Salvation. It's great, but I feel like, man, this movie should have been directed like by like Neil Blumkamp or you know, or or like even David Fincher, because mm-hmm. you know, like when you go back and you see those scenes from the first two movies of the future, it's like it's this dark, gritty fucking Jurassic kinda, Park like, look. <laughs> and I love Jurassic Park, but like. And you think like, damn, but that's what I felt like salvation should have looked like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're watching the movie. Because I always think about those flashback sequences from the first one when Reese is in the resistance base. I just want to talk about Terminator, don't I? I just just found a reason to talk about Terminator. I really didn't know why he didn't pick Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. I see what you're saying, though. But like this one, I'm glad it was done by Scorsese. Oh, I am, too. Because I feel like he brought something special to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. And and that is the true essence as to why it is my favorite Scorsese film. That makes sense. You know, I get that. Yeah, it's the actor. I knew that it was like, okay, he's not going to understand it through the messages. But (laughs) if I come in here and I explain it to him, he's going to be like, okay. well, I know your taste in movies. So that makes sense why it's your favorite. But when you explain it like that, like he really stepped out of his comfort zone and still made a great film. Yeah, that's really special. And I'm a Scorsese fan. Like I I enjoy Goodfellas. I mean, he's one of the best directors to ever live. So easily. Easily, right? like yeah. I mean, and and like I've I've loved a lot of his movies. I love um, Casino, of course. Um, God damn it, Departed. Uh, yes, yeah. Departed. Fucking love the. Departed. I even like Gangs of New York. I know that movie love gets Gangs shit on all the time, but I enjoy it. I still haven't seen that. Yet. Really? Yeah, I wow. keep like I want to sit down and watch it. I really, really do. Like, it's a good one. But I'm trying to read these books first. And what books? Like, I swear I'm getting into reading a lot, so I'm like forcing myself to read more. <laughs> you read. know, like, and I'm like, that's what Audible's for. Uh, uh, yeah. While you're detailing cars, just put on an Audible. That's a good idea. I didn't think about that. You get yeah. through a whole series. You get through all of Harry Potter by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah. Word for word. But but yeah, like um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I love Scorsese. I always have. It's just, but Cape Fear, man, it's it's always going to have a special place in Same. my heart. Yeah. You know, like, 
And it's just like that theme is iconic. The music. We didn't talk about the music. The music yeah. is really great. It really hits home. They also said that um, they took that score. I can't remember the name of the composer for the original movie, mm-hmm. but Elmer Bernstein, the composer for Cape Fear, re like took that old theme and kept it yep. in the new one, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. But the rest of the movie was like Hans is its own score. What is it? That was like Hans Zimmer or some shit. <laughs> it's not always Hans no, Zimmer. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's so funny. Though. It's like the stereotype. Who'd you uh, get? Uh, Hans, Hans Zimmer did the music for this movie. Right, he does right. the music for everything. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I mean, you could say the same thing about Danny Elfman, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Danny Elfman. Like, it's got Batman. It was going to say a Batman. Yeah, if it's not Hans it's got Zimmer, Batman it's Danny it? Elfman. Like, yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's not Hans Zimmer that did it, it's Danny Elfman. Yeah, there's only two, you know, John only two composers John in this Williams. whole world. <laughs> yeah, like um I I was I was telling um one of my best friends, Eric, about Cape Fear. I was telling him about it last night. I was like, You gotta watch this movie. Yeah. And, he, like, and I told him, I was like, I wanna show you scenes, but I can't. I just feel like you need to sit down and watch this movie and yeah. the progression of it because it's like it, it does a good job at setting up what you're about to oh like. Oh my god, bro! Like it bothered me almost because mm-hmm. like I want to say that there was wasted frames, but it wasn't. Like I know it was on purpose. Oh yeah. Like the movie makes you so uncomfortable that like by the end of it, you're just like just so relieved. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like fuck, let this family go. Right. Like, yeah. Fucking kill them <laughs> or let them go. Yeah. Bro. Like, the movie yeah. tortures you. It but. does. Like it me. It, and like I said, I know it's mostly because I have kids and shit. And you know, as a father and a husband, like you like to, you like to think of yourself as a protector, you know? Yeah, like, that shit wouldn't have went down like that if it had been me. I know. I don't have you know? a. Uh, I don't have a daughter, but I do have a wife. But whenever he was like zip tied up and like just having just to watch that shit, it, yeah, yeah, that like yeah. It's uh, terrifying. I hate that. It's terrifying. I mean, because it's like it. It also explores like that vulnerability of a father. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, kind of like fuck, man. I'm supposed to be protecting my family, and look where I'm at right now. Look at the position I'm in, and then you, and then it's also like. I'm paying for something that I thought was doing the right thing. And it right. came back and it bit me in the ass like mm-hmm. 14 years later. It's crazy. Like, right. and it, it does kind of, it does kind of shake you, whether you're married or you have kids, it does kind of shake you to that core. Cause you're like, fuck man. Like I can, I can identify with Nick Nolte a little bit. Cause you're like, man, if I was in that position, I would feel like such a failure, right. you know? And then it's also like, but, that's you know, why it's I said when I think of Nick Nolte, demon on me. I think of like know? the ultimate fucking the like one of the original badasses in my mind, and to say him play a role like that, yeah. And then like you said, it does show how good his acting is when he at the end he does just break loose. Yeah, he's got ready to crack this dude's fucking head like a melon. That's another thing know? that I love because then you start seeing that like, oh shit, he's kind of dangerous and crazy too. Yeah, not. To the extent of Max Katie, but it's like but he's that's what he to drove him to. Yeah. Right. That point, you're like, man, he could fuck somebody up, like mm-hmm. if he really wanted to, right? You know, like, and that's that's what I love about like how he slowly just gets more and more on edge mm-hmm. through, throughout the film. Yeah, and, like, you're always gonna get your best shot from somebody that's cornered. You yeah. know what I mean? They're gonna oh, give you true. their fucking nastiest one. That's true. Because they're they're scared. Yeah, they have yeah. nothing to lose at exactly. that point. They they know that it's it's we're at the end here. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, uh, it it it's definitely a movie that is good. Uh, 
to give it on the par scale. I was going to say, what do you rate it? I'm going to go seven. Seven? That's, seven. That's a pretty good scale. That's his five. It's oh, not. Okay. It's, it's not. Five. Oh. It's not. <laughs> Mandy was a five. I feel dude. slighted. Mandy yeah. was a five, dude. I'm not good with scales. I Seven's never have good. been. That's because. why I give like either recommendations and I try to like. It pisses him off. Give but. out because you always give it a seven. <laughs> oh, I, told, I told him I'm going to make a shirt that says I give it a seven. No, I did. Like, I did should. like a seven nine or some you shit should. the other day, and he That's didn't like that idea. at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of bugs me because like now I know when like this episode comes out, I'm going to be thinking, damn. You know, there's two episodes where it's just me on here and we're just talking about shit in general. And then there's two episodes where we actually do movies. And I'm like, God, so next year I'm going to make sure <laughs> definitely going to be a movie again. So it's like it starts to even out. Yeah. You know, like hey, I kept us on track. You yeah. did, man. You you did much. You, you've got the shit down now. I I, I, I think so. I, I think let y'all so. get off a little bit, but then I snap y'all back to. He did. He did a great topic. job of bringing us back in. man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like American Gangster. I thought that was an improvement. I think yeah, yeah, this yeah. is even yeah. better yeah. than that. It was really just the first one. The first, the first one, one was went collect- off was the chaos. fucking rails. First one was. We we're chaos. supposed think- to talk about the Dark Knight, and we didn't talk about Batman at all. <laughs> no, no, very no, little. Did. Very it little. Just, it was few not and far. To the extent that yeah. we said it was kind of like the second episode, and it was, it was also the the length of a Joe Rogan episode. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and then not to mention the fact like. The second episode was supposed to be Black Mass. And I even said it on the episode. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to, the third episode I was on, I said, I was like, yeah, we're supposed to talk about Black Mass and talking about it for I had like to turn five it, seconds. I had to turn it into like Nick's interview because I'm like, I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I give this like highly recommended. This is yeah, like, if you I haven't agree. seen it, like, don't go in it with Martin Scorsese glasses. Go no. into it open-minded. Yeah, you because have to. Because it is so different. I mean, honestly. You'll be sadly disappointed because it's yeah. not a normal Scorsese. It is not Goodfellas. <laughs> I'm I'm almost like 100% on this. I think this was my first Scorsese film really? that I ever saw. Because I don't think I saw Goodfellas until a few years after Cape Fear. Right. And, um, and Casino and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm almost like a hundred percent. This is my first introduction to Scorsese. I was uh I was telling Nick how I got introduced <laughs> to this movie. So I didn't realize I was a Martin Scorsese fan until you pointed it out. Yeah, I uh I dated a girl when I was eighteen, and her brother he didn't have anything on his walls. He had one single picture, and it was framed, and it was the casino poster. Oh really? He's like, that's the best movie ever made. <laughs> So one day I checked it out. I'm like, let me check out this movie. He seems to love it so much. And I was like, man, this was really good. And someone's like, oh, if you like that, you'll like Goodfellas. So I watched Goodfellas. And then I watched uh, Taxi Driver. And I was like, oh, my God, I love Taxi Driver. And then I came to you. And you're like, you know, those are all by the same guy, Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember telling (laughs) you I was like, wait, what? And you're like, you should check out Cape Fear. Yeah. That's another one he did. You would like that. Good so that's fellas. how I found out about. Goodfellas was my Damn, first. Damn, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Holy shit. That's like that's before 11 I, years ago. That's before I like looked into like directors. I just yeah. kind of liked movies. I'm like, oh, I like yeah, this. Oh yeah, no, I remember that. Like, But I think you were kind of like in the bare beginnings of that because of Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Christopher. We were, well, Darren Aronofsky was like the Darren first, Aronofsky the first too. like director that I followed. I was like, yeah. I love this guy's movies. So yeah, and then I remember that's when you were like, okay, I want to kind of start following the directors more, mm-hmm. so I can 
kind of keep a track list of everything they do to well see. for me it was actors like i followed actors i like watched yeah. all their movies like that's robert de niro yeah. like robert de niro that's the reason i was watching all those martin scorsese movies yeah. because robert de niro exactly so. like see it's 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 weird because i was like back then too i was a massive massive de niro fan he yeah was, he was one of my favorites same it's really weird because it's like let's go back to younger younger me my list of favorite actors would be very different it would have been de niro would have been kevin spacey uh keanu reeves believe it or not like i loved speed and fucking <laughs> i still do and uh point break i know you stuff. have the speed 4k and i was like that's a random 4k to have <laughs> yeah it's so good i mean the the, the big 50 gap jump is completely unbelievable but uh, but still uh, with the bus. But other than that, it's a great movie. But like, um, but yeah, like uh, it, it was just weird. Like I was a big Charlie Sheen fan. I was a big Kiefer I still, Sutherland. Fan. I, I loved like Charlie those were Sheen. all like and, and Schwarzenegger, of course. Yeah. That's but those a, were all like my favorite actors when I and that time of my life. But then as I got older, I'm like. I really love Nick Nolte. I, mm-hmm. I love Gary Oldman. Like, yeah. you know, like it, it, mine was uh, Anthony Hopkins, <clears throat> like was one of my yeah. first favorite actors. Like I loved everything he was in. Oh, yeah. And then it went to Robert De Niro and then Christian Bale and yep. then Tom Hardy. So, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, well, yeah, we all got infected by the British virus. That's right. what it was. Yeah. Cause, like DiCaprio, do you know, like it was it was Gary Oldman. I think I started realizing how big of a fan I was of Gary Oldman. I didn't realize how much I loved Gary Oldman until I met you. And then oh, I realized shit. all the movies that he did. I was like, he's so good. I was oh, a God. fan of Gary Oldman for 20 years before I found out he was fucking British. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's- yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, what's funny. During the time we were hanging out is when I like during that time when I was with my ex is when I found out that Gary Oldman and Christian Bale were British. I, for, I think I remember you saying I, I that because you, you got an that. interview like, and you're like, like, dude, they're British. Did you know they're British? And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, man, their American accents are fucking better than ours. Yeah, right. You know, like, and, and like, uh, but yeah, because I mean, Dracula was one of my favorite movies, like growing up, like my sister almost Brom. ruined almost ruined Dracula for me growing up. Watching it all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It was like, if it wasn't Dracula, it was the crow. I'm like, come on, dude. Can I watch RoboCop? (laughs) (laughs) Crow. But uh, yeah, like... um, That's another Francis Ford Coppola movie. That Dracula? Yeah. So good. Great great fucking Mm -hmm. movie. Um, But then, like, it's like I said, and then, like, True Romance, obviously, with Drexel, but, you know... As I got older, I was gonna say uh, the Fifth Element. Yeah, Fifth Fuck Element. Yeah. That was like oh, the professional. Professional, Fuck yes. Yeah. <clears throat> the professional is probably my favorite of his when he cracks that bill. I have to. Oh my god! I have to agree. Like that's if I had to go a top five Oldman roles, Stansfield would be in there. Yeah, like that's how um, Drexel is for me. I love that it's only Drexel's like five so minutes, great. but it's like, fucking gold. I need a Drexel movies. I do need a Drexel movie. <laughs> I wouldn't man. mind having a Drexel prequel. I'd be all about it. Small fucker said he'd only pussy. <laughs> he was like, "Man, if I ate pussy, I wouldn't tell no goddamn buddy about it." Like, what about you? So I eat the pussy. I eat the butt. I eat every motherfucking thing. <laughs> 
fucking great. Sam Jackson, another Dude, great Sam Jackson cameo. Nigga, your dumbass would be doing a lot of dumbass things. You'll be able to suck a nigga's dicks. <laughs> See, we should have done true romance. I missed know. opportunity. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year. Shotgun yeah. blast. Boom. <laughs> Got Dude, both. But, but like, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's like I call it like your, your favorite actor's maturity list. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these certain, like, even Christian Slater was one of my favorites when I was younger. He did a, he had a run. He had yeah, a nice he run. Really, he really did. Like and A lot of people hate him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of see why. But like, uh, I don't hate him. He's not my favorite. I don't hate him either. But like, I, I understand why. You yeah. know, like um, Emilio Estevez was another one. You know, fucking, uh, of course, fucking Maximum Overdrive. ACDC provided the entire soundtrack for. Um, That's awesome. You know, I love the Young Guns movies. Love a lot of people love young. You guys. know who my favorite actor was for the longest time? Val Kilmer. I fucking yeah, love. I Val love Val Kilmer, Kilmer too. Uh, he he was in there. Um, and it, it, and Michael Douglas. I loved Michael Douglas. I didn't thing. realize I loved Michael Douglas until like <clears throat> our last episode when we were doing the game. Yeah, because I was like. I was looking, I was like, Wall Street, the game. Oh. And then uh, I was telling Nick, he did this one episode called uh, The Perfect Murder. Murder. Oh, it's yeah. It's so yeah, good. Yeah. It's so good. I didn't realize I it was that. I still haven't seen that. What the fuck, Mick? I've seen parts of it, but yeah. I have not seen the whole it's thing. It's so but... much better than I thought it was going to be. Really? I thought it was going to be like okay. some cheesy 90s <laughs> movie. Dude, you got to check that out. Yeah, because I was going to say, there is there is a lot of those. Like, you, you remember had, the 90s? There, that Because era. they all had the same fucking poster. Yeah. It was like the main the guy. Guy with all the on but the sides with all the, the face. doppelganger movie that like they had the doppelganger movie that like not you the the sound panel you're like knocking it oh, off shit. <laughs> they they oh, there you go <laughs> but like uh, the doppelganger movie yeah, they had the doppelganger movie it's like okay you had deep impact and you had armageddon mm-hmm. and you had the core oh 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 yeah that was a y- thing you know, like, like and that was all out through the 90s I it was love, like tombstone wire what is it? I love Armageddon. <laughs> I just you just love that song. I want the Aerosmith song. Uh, Fuck it, who does it, bro? Like not me. I can stay awake. So good, dude. That's probably one of their best songs, honestly. Aerosmith. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, Bruce Willis saving the world by oh. drilling a hole in an asteroid. That's talk a, about that's actors. Gold. That's, that was another one of my favorites too. I yeah, love Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yeah. You know, like um, this is the unofficial Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis podcast. Like. God, I hate Ben Affleck. Now. <laughs> he has made me hate Ben Affleck. Really? Yeah, I didn't have an opinion on him before, but he gave me so many Ben Affleck movies, and I'm like, I think I hate Ben Affleck. <laughs> I think I think you and I are in the exact same spot because, like, what's that? N- that Alone at night, night forever, night. What's that? Oh, movie? live at night. Live live at, at night. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've it seen is it. garbage. It's live by night, man. <laughs> What are you talking about? Dude, some it's good so shit weird. That That's movie. so weird. Like, I I did what I saw of it. I enjoyed, but I did not like Ben Affleck. The book's it. good like, too. Like, I mean, I'm sure the book's good, but that <clears throat> movie's garbage. But like, <laughs> um, but no, I started kind of realizing the same thing. Like before, it's weird. I used to be like a defender of Ben Affleck. Yeah, like, we, I think I was too at one point. You know, it's like dude, whenever dude, there's no need to defend. He's a good actor. Like he's fucking good. I'll give like, him you know, that. Yeah, he's a good actor. But, like, but it's almost like he's just done so much trash. <laughs> he really has. He really I ain't gonna lie. Has. He's had some swinging misses. 
Yeah, like, let's talk about reindeer games. <laughs> you love reindeer <laughs> games. Like ironically, first episodes. It's one of your it's one of your favorite Christmas movies. And ironically, because it's so bad. Like I was whenever he yells, there are monsters in the gelatin, I'm like, oh, I know what I'm watching now. This is a comedy. <laughs> I love Gary Sinise. Yeah, he's you know, great. Like, like Gary Sinise is I'm not amazing. out here playing reindeer games, Greg. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like I I don't know. I never thought yeah. I'd say this, but I think I'm leaning more towards Matt Damon nowadays. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. You know, like, I Other never thought Will I'd hunting, say that. I don't really care about Matt Damon. Because I used to be Dogma. like, who gives a fuck about Matt Damon? I right, to, but he's put out some, some pretty really decent has. movies. He really has. Like, The Martian. We bought really a zoo. Good. It was okay. Uh, I mean, he was great in it, but it's kind of a meh whatever story. Well, I just bought it. That was another oh, yeah. doppelganger movie. Interstellar came out that oh, same right. year, too. And it's like, <laughs> Really? And you've got two people that were also an interstellar? Yeah. Come on now. This is not a Marvel movie. Oh, right. He was in there, wasn't he? I yeah, forgot yeah, about yeah. that. Like yeah. he, and the, the Matt Damon and there was one other person, I think, that was also an interstellar. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was, but like that was directed by Ridley Scott. And this is what I think. I think Ridley Scott's like, well, that Nolan is really good. I'm going to make a I'm going to make a space movie, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> How do you feel about Christopher Nolan? I know when this we first met, on Mars. Christopher Nolan was like your favorite director. Yeah. Like you loved Christopher Nolan. But now that he's put out a few more movies in the past 10 years, how do you feel about him? I mean, I I think I still love him. Yeah. Um, He's still definitely one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I will say this. It kind of hurts me to say this. And you would think I would be into this because of the time piece and the time period that it came out, but Dunkirk doesn't hold up the way that I thought it would. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it when it came out in the theater, but I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, I heard it's just an experience movie. I haven't sat really down and watched is, it. It really is, and I th- and it's like usually Christopher Nolan deals with like deep, like thematic issues. Concepts. And that's what I love. Yeah, and concepts and stuff like that. And I was just like, ah. This this could have been a lot better, you know, like and um, and then the other one um, tenant. No, Inception. Oh, Inception. Yeah. Like like um, Inception. I loved it when it first came out. And every time I've tried to watch it since it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, this this is boring the shit out of me Mm -hmm. and that sucks like i hate saying that like it literally broke my heart to have to say that (laughs) i still haven't seen Tenet. you know i uh i did i got it hurt me too because chris i loved christopher nolan and then i just got to this point i'm like i don't think i love christopher nolan like i used to yeah and when i finally came to terms with that i felt so much relief (laughs) yeah yeah it's weird though because like it is tenant had an opposite effect on me i was like oh finally you know, because I actually watched it twice. Like mm-hmm. I was like, sometimes that's the trick with a Nolan movie. Oh, Tenet, you, you have to watch it, five like, times. Immediately, like right after, yeah, it's lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. forever. That's I mean, what happened with Tenet, Inception for me. You know how following is kind of like a puzzle movie? <laughs> Tenet is that on steroids. Yes. Oh, yeah. A lot bigger budget. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 like, and that was kind of like my thing. I was like, damn. You know, I should I should have counteracted on Inception a long time ago. Yeah. I think I'd feel differently, but it's just like, and it sucks too because like Tom Berenger is one of my favorite actors, and him 
I remember flipping out seeing the poster in theaters before the movie came out. And I always love how Christopher Nolan would have all the cast like on the top of the poster. Yeah. And I remember looking, I was like, who's in this? I'm like, Tom fucking Berenger sniper is in a Christopher Nolan movie. Right. Whoa. Like, this is amazing. And it's like, yeah, it's funny got, too, like, because scenes. when I think of Tom Berenger, I think of major league. <laughs> of course, of course. But it's like, wow, that's, that's cool that he, cast Tom Berenger. That's yeah. not something. Well, I can't say it's not something I expected because Christopher Nolan always has this thing. He always picks one or two actors as a co-star that was somebody that was really popular in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It is, I've noticed it, it's a pattern in every movie he's done. Like, even going back to Memento. Like, um, that uh, Joe, <clears throat> that Joe Petalione guy, the one that was in The Matrix, and I completely forgot that fucker has been around since the Goonies. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, he's I, one I, of the mobsters. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, Pirelli's or whatever. And that was, that was like one of Christopher Nolan's like 80s kind of co stars in his movies. And mm-hmm. then Batman Begins, he had Rudger Hauer, you know, and everybody knows Rudger Hauer from Blade Runner and stuff like that. And then uh, the prestige, David Bowie. I mean, fucking david bowie you know know, and there's a lot for the dark knights you see michael eric roberts eric roberts you know eric roberts and anthony michael hall and anthony michael hall he was like dude he was a part of the brat pack you know emilio (laughs) estevez like you can't get any more 80s than that he was like oh it's emilio estevez's buddy you know like and and molly ringwald all that shit and i and and he's doing it again like this time in his new movie, he's got Tony Goldwyn. I know you don't know his name, but you know who he is. He's that dick from Ghost that got Patrick Swayze killed. Mm-hmm. And you would know him from Kiss the Girls. Remember the... I haven't one, seen that movie in so long that I can't remember. Wow. He yeah. was one of the other bad guys in yeah. Kiss the Girls. Okay. That was in cahoots with Carrie Elways. Right. Um, but he's in it, and I'm like, Wow. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I see, I see why I cast him. He was, I, I just, but I wonder, like, I want to know the mind of Christopher Nolan. Right, like, yeah. Where he, it's just kind of like, okay, well, I got Matthew Modine, you know, from Full Metal Jacket. Hmm, what 80s stock? I mean, can it, I pick? to be completely fair, <clears throat> if you decided to be a big time director and you started getting all this money, you would start it. casting 80s. Fuck yes, I would. There'd be There's nobody no else in it. the movie. I'm not even. I'm not even ashamed of that. I wouldn't even try to hide that. Like Kurt Russell is number one. Yes, Kurt, Kurt Russell would be in everything I do. Everything, like you know, it'd be like, and I would make a new movie with Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner, where Kurt Russell gets the better role. You know, like <laughs> you'd make Three Thousand Miles to Graceland too. I would remake it. Please. I would remake it. I would remake it and it would be like, sorry, Kevin Costner, you get the Michael character that Kurt Russell played and we're going to switch it around because, sorry, pal. I like the fact that he got to see Kevin Costner. You know what's fucked up? I feel like um, I'm a, like Kurt Russell would be like, that's, that's really fucked up, you know? But like, I, I think like Kevin Costner was really good in that role in 3000 miles of Graceland. But the other thing that I always wanted to talk about is like, I swear to God, that movie felt like it should have been made by Tony Scott. Cause you said something earlier about 
movies that should have been directed by somebody else. Right. That movie screamed Tony Scott. Who directed it? Some fucking guy that did like. Oh, right. That was like the only thing he did. Yeah, I remember looking at his filmography. Really like nothing. Like, right. Uh, right. Was, did you say TV him and movie. Kurt Russell got into it a lot? or Probably. Him and Costner, one of them. They yeah. All, or maybe both of them. I think did. Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner got into it. Well, it's oh, tough because yeah, yeah, they, they were both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Were, back in the 90s because Tombstone and Wyatt Earp were like competing against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, but. We all saw who won that battle. I just watched Tombstone the other day. I'm like, it's so good. Oh, it still so holds great. up. It really does. It really does. And like, and that's I'll be the thing. Like, um, <clears throat> but like, when I watched that movie, I was like, it's about a bunch of fucking Elvises, you know. Like, and even the acting choices are like Tony Scott like style acting choices. Yeah, Some yeah, of the yeah. actors were in Tony Scott movies. Right. Fucking Kevin Costner and Christian Slater. Yeah. You know, like, um, but I remember just thinking, I'm like, dude, it's like, I love the movie, but I hate it at the same time. But mm-hmm. it's like, I felt like all he did was he was like, let me watch a bunch of Tony Scott movies. Yeah. I can just make I feel it like that. that. Yeah. You know, I don't like the movie. I couldn't get on board with it. <laughs> I just thought it was cool. Whenever ice T was doing his fucking shoot around, I was like, Oh, uh, <laughs> You want but a peanut butter it, and jelly? They're, they're playing like, spine shank. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. I love that. That's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Like, uh, I love that part at the end where he's all shot the fuck up in yeah. the in the look in the little trailer. And they're playing spine and, shank. And they got all the all the lasers on him, all the scopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. And he awesome. does that fucking cool ass Elvis move. And it kind yeah. of starts playing that old Elvis song, and then all of a sudden he just says, "Yeah, oh, fuck it." And then he goes back to the fucking metal. That that's that was fucking pretty hard awesome. Ass. That was pretty. I mean, that's but hard as fuck. I think that like that movie, like God, Tony Scott, why did you have to kill yourself? R.I.P. But it's yeah. just like, it's like, hey, I know it sounds weird for you to remake a movie that came out in the two thousands, but like, could you like remake this movie with the same cast, but just make it better. You know, like, like, I mean, I like it. I really do because I just, I feel like the director, that's who he was inspired by. When you watch the movie, it, it that's what it feels like to me. It's like, you know, how you watch a movie and it's like, well, this guy obviously loves John Carpenter, you know, or this guy obviously loves fucking Martin Scorsese, you know, but it's not a Martin Scorsese film, but you could feel the influence. And that's what one of those movies was. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, but if I don't put a pin in this podcast, it will go on forever. So I'm going to go ahead and put a pin in this podcast. But, uh, thank you for coming on and talking about Cape Fear with us. It was, uh, it was a, it was a pleasure. I love having you on, Mick. I I love it. I love it. I have fun every time I come on here next year. We're going to be unpredictable. I haven't figured it, it out. It's going to change a couple of weeks. I know it will. Every week you're going to say <laughs> you want to do something different. So It's hey, whatever you watch at the time. With that, Stop yeah. being a Debbie Downer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so last episode we said if we didn't do Cape Fear, we were going to do uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. So we're going to go ahead and do Reservoir Dogs that's on the next awesome. episode. Yeah. That's awesome. Like that's my that's my favorite Tarantino film. Is it? Yep. Mine's Jackie Brown. Pulp wow. Fiction. Yeah. Really? That's... I don't know why I love Jackie Brown so much. No, I mean, that's, that's, you, you sound like you're kind of coming from my playbook a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I hate telling people that because 
I don't know. I just I connect with Jackie Brown because I think it's his best made film. Yeah. Like he's a great director, but Jackie Brown is such like a linear, well told story. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Jackie Brown is, I will say this, it used to be my least favorite of his. But yeah. Now it's kind of stepped up, up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I do enjoy his other movies and I think they're great and they have his voice in it. But Jackie Brown, just I feel like he was very much in a director seat. Pulp Fiction will always be number one. But hey, that's yeah, uh, that's just the one that got him started. It's like I it's love a Reservoir good Dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still one of my favorites. Yeah. And uh, Glorious Bastards and Django. I fucking love Django. But. Well, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Catherine Bigelow for me. You know, everybody knows her from Point Break or The Hurt Locker. Mm. But my favorite film from her is like one of her earlier movies, uh, a movie called Blue Steel. Oh, I remember you. We actually talked yes. about that on one of the episodes. It, like it, that between that and Near Dark, it's like my two favorite. Maybe next movie. year we could do Blue Steel. Ooh, yes! <laughs> Fuck yeah, 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 Blue yes, Steel. yes, yes, yes. I've been waiting <laughs> to fucking review review the fuck out of that movie. Like Jamie Lee Curtis, that time period. That was my dream woman. It still uh, yeah. is. Somebody like, like me with true lies. Like, I, I wish somebody could like clone a version of that and yeah. give that to me. You know, just be like, <laughs> "That's your new wife." Like, Fuck yes! <laughs> like, and she's gonna be amazing. You're gonna everything's gonna be great. Like, so March or June around 2023, we'll talk about Blue Steel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But on the next episode, we're gonna be doing Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Until then, later, y'all. Later. later. <laughs>